It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recording on a Tuesday. We were supposed to record Sunday, but um, Thanksgiving got in the way, and um, we're we. If if anything, we are one of the family. How are you doing tonight? Uh, good. It's it's much to be thankful for uh, this time of year. Um, friends, family, food, fantasy sports, um, twenty dollar buckets of moosehead at your local indoor golf center uh there really is just so much to be thankful for and uh it's really important to to figure that out and and dial it in you know it's it's important to do so um as we were talking pre-recording uh just so anybody knows we thought we lost our cat for like a good hour and a half there and uh she's currently walking around right now because and so now i can breathe a sigh of relief but i haven't eaten any dinner so i'm coming into this recording uh dinner free so your boy's playing on an empty stomach but i think this is going to probably produce some of the best content we can ask for so miles should we just get right into it sure man uh why not i mean what 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 else is there uh because hockey's going on in the background we got to get this out. We got to get this pumped out because uh, the Oilers season starts tomorrow. So what better time than the night before in true one for one fashion? Absolutely. So we got a we got a big one for you tonight. Lots of Oilers stuff as the preseason wrapped up. A lot of NHL stuff. Maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise that we didn't record yesterday because there's a, a little bit of news that came out today. Very topical. Very excited to chat about it. Um, so there's some NHL discussion as well. And then the meat and potatoes of the episode, the Pacific Division Preview, which if you've been following along for our Metro, Metro, Atlantic, ATL, ATL, and our um, Central Division Previews, I don't have one for the Central, uh, we are finishing up <laughs> with the Pacific Preview, Central Intelligence. So because the Oilers are in the Central Division, we are going Pacific. to spend it Central Division um adjacent to the left of it the pacific division uh we are going to spend a little bit of time not just going over their in out transactions uh, but also some of their off-season moves so you will get uh, all the oilers info that you've been waiting for over the past little bit here uh once you finish up going through all the teams we will give you our standings predictions for the upcoming season and then a little bit of a fun thing to close the episode out in our errors and omissions section of the show. So, got lots to do. 
And uh, what better time than the present to get going here and talking about a little bit of Oilers stuff, a little bit of a little bit of preseason wrap up. I would love to. Um, so, Miles, the Oilers finished their season five two and one. They look pretty good, um, including a seven two shellacking over the Calgary Flames. Yep, I'd like to see uh, that. Yeah, um, and they finished off with three straight wins. So. All in all, things look good, right? Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you uh, do you do you have any uh, any thoughts on how anybody looked? You know what? I watched the rookie tournament like a sicko, um, and then really didn't pay attention for the rest of the preseason. Just, um, just didn't have the time. Didn't have the time. So can't really tell you how guys looked because I I didn't watch, and I would be a fraud. If I said I did and tried to bullshit my way through it, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an honest possum today. I, I, I well, you're in luck. I did not really watch much either, to be completely honest. So uh, are we ba- are we bad guys? We might be. We might be just bad fans. I mean, there's a little <laughs> like a lot of gatekeeping on Oilers Twitter lately. So we 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 might be we might be put into the into the realm of bad fans. Um, but in what limited stuff I did see, I liked the performance of James, or not James. Or, well, I mean James Hamlin looked okay, uh, but Ben Gleason was a big standout. Um, arguably the best defenseman the Oilers the Oilers <coughs> played in the preseason. Sorry. I got are you? Yeah, are you, are you? What are you doing? Uh, I I ate a kiwi berry before we started, and so I think I have a seed from that uh, stuck in my stuck in my lozenge. Uh, so I, I should be okay now. But anyways, Ben Gleason, <laughs> kind of drunk and kind of choking. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but uh, Ben Gleason looked pretty good. Uh, I thought that when Raphael Lavoie played, he looked. I mean, he scored what two goals? He he, he looked pretty well. Okay, and from everything you read, from like. Twitter and stuff because that's the best way to that's the best way to be informed right is by reading Twitter or sorry X um, and uh, Raphael Lavoie, X don't give it to you <laughs> uh, Lane Peterson looked pretty good as well um, even guys like Phil Kemp I guess looked pretty good but uh, th- which by the way kind of brings us into our next point here which is the Oilers made some roster moves uh, before we started because they have actually now officially set their well to be honest, they're playing shorthanded, which is not great to see. But uh, the Oilers have made some roster moves, placing Raphael Lavoie, Lane Peterson, and Ben Gleason on waivers. Uh, the word is that these three were sent down as um, as as a move because Marcus Niemelainen cannot be sent down due to injury, and he cannot be placed on LTIR at the moment. So he's kind of in that weird sort of like quantum realm of like, oh, you can... You can not be on LTIR, but you also can't play in a hockey game. So that kind of fucks their cap, which is not great. Which, by the way, Darnell Nurse, if you took like 700K less, then we wouldn't have to worry about this problem. Just kidding. Um, these guys also joined earlier transactions. Uh, goaltender Calvin Pickard, uh, defenseman Phil Kemp, Cam Deneed, forwards Brad Malone, Seth Griffith, and James Hamblin, who were also on waivers. And... Just to throw in there, uh, forward Xavier Borgo, the 2021 first round pick, was also sent down, but he doesn't require waivers um, because he's a young guy. Uh, which, by the way, kid scored two goals in his first Condors preseason game. So I wanted to discuss Lavoie and also the guys that stood out. Uh, now, when I wrote these notes initially, Lavoie, we did not know what was happening with Raphael Lavoie. Last night or yesterday, it comes out Raphael Lavoie has cleared waivers. 
Actually, all of the Oilers guys have cleared waivers. So he's back playing in the minors. Ken Holland did an interview with Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic and mentioned that um, he's like the 13th forward for the team, which I think probably puts like somebody like Lane Peterson as their 12th forward. But what are your thoughts on this whole thing? I don't know if I really have any. I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I I I, I don't know. I don't. It is what it is. Yeah, I I guess my my biggest concern uh, from the get go, like if if Lavoie would have been claimed, that would have been really bad. That would have been really 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 bad. And the reason why is because I thought that from what I had heard and from just some of like the numbers I looked at, Matthias Yanmark had a pretty awful preseason. And they put him through waivers last year, and he's a guy that makes a million dollars and is a thirty is, is a thirty year old like bottom sixer. So personally, I would have just sent down the thirty year old bottom sixer who makes a million dollars and probably would not get claimed by anybody over the twenty three year old like six foot four guy that just scored like almost thirty goals in the AHL last season. Just a thought, but it kind of makes our it kind of makes any point mute because Lavoie's fine and he didn't get claimed. And everything's fine, so I think that no, there but was... it's an, it's an organizational mishap or misstep yeah. to do that to, 100%. to not that's be kind really, of where I'm coming from to not be mitigating yeah. that risk. So I don't know. That's that's more of a like it's more of a sigh of relief than like a, I don't care. Like yeah, Ken Holland should get his pee pee slap for even thinking that that was okay. Yeah, exactly, and that's and and that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm I'm just happy he's still in the organization. Happy we didn't lose him. And I really hope he gets in some games this year because I would love nothing more than for Raphael Lavoie to make Ken Holland look like a damn fool this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of looking like fools, are we worried about Matthias Eckholm and Brett Kulak? Because uh, Matthias Eckholm like, finally hit the ice. Uh, he hasn't played in a preseason game. Brett Kulak got an injury not that long ago. We still kind of don't really know what's happening with him. Uh, are, 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 you, are you worried at all? Um, I mean, like, I think you'd be lying if you said you weren't, because that's two of our top six defensemen that are going to be mega minute munchers. Yeah. But that being said, these are two like veteran NHL players. Um, I'm sure if this is the playoffs, we wouldn't even be hearing about it. We wouldn't even be talking about, you know, them not being in the lineup or anything like that. Right. So um, as much as you want to say you're worried, I, I don't think so. As long as these injuries don't linger and they'll acclimatize quickly. They'll, they'll get their late, they'll get their feet back under them and be fine. Um, those are probably two of the last guys I would be worried about on the back end myself. I think for me, the, the, the one thing is, is like if the Oilers don't play Matias Ekholm in the first game of the season and they look really good, I would keep him out as long as you can. Just like let him get better because if there's one guy that we need to make sure he is a hundred percent going for the rest of the season, it's Matthias Eckholm. Yeah, uh, it is the the Viking Prince. Is it a hot take to say that he's probably the third most important Oiler to stay healthy this season besides Connor and Leon? No, I actually like that a lot. I think that that's yeah. actually a very very good uh, argument to make. Um, thank you because thank I you. think it's, thank you a lot. I think it's plug and play on anybody else like as much as we love Nuge, as much as we love Zyman as much as we love uh Connor Brown as much as we love Evander Kane tongue-in-cheek there um yeah Ekholm was the steadying force all yeah. last season I think Bouchard would probably be the fourth most yeah, important thing. I 
100% agree with that. They're, Shots they're... fired at Darnell Nurse, but no, well, we kind of we kind of know how top pairing Darnell Nurse looks. Yeah, no, because I th- I think if you take um, Ekholm out, Bush would just be like better Tyson Berry. He'd be great yeah. on the power play, and I don't know how effective he'd be defensively. And then I think because of what our goaltending dynamic is, like what our two goaltenders it pushes them down the importance ranking because I'm confident that the other guy could step up in an extended period of absence and play. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's a very long winded way of me saying that Ekholm is an extremely important part of this Edmonton Oilers team for sure. So please take your time, Matias. We want you to get better. I, well, as long as the Oilers are winning without you. So yes. please, 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 please get better. Um, yes. Next thing on the docket. Uh, but a week ago, the Oilers also made a signing in winger Brady Stonehouse to a three-year entry-level contract whom they brought in on an amateur tryout and he impressed in the rookie tournament. He impressed in training camp. Last year with the Ottawa 67s, the 19-year-old had 30 goal- 37 goals, 20 assists for 57 points in 68 games. And this year, so far, has played in three games and has zero points. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because he, si- he just signed a contract. He doesn't have to try anymore. He's like, screw it. Just yeah, he's, he's like, I'm going to the show. I- I'm going to the show, dash Taylor Hall. Um, so, it- no, uh, we I didn't watch all of Br- Brady Stonehouse's games, but from everything I saw, Sounds pretty good. Nothing wrong with signing a, a a nice little nineteen year old kid to come in and try out for a try out for a roster spot. We'd like to see that. Um, the next point, I think I might save until we discuss the Oilers in general, which we will get to. We will get to everybody. All right, Miles, some NHL stuff. Do you want to take some, the first point? <laughs> I would love to because this is this is my point. Um. Uh, if you saw the internet today, if you were trolling the internet, you saw that the NHL came out with a very controversial decision um, to no longer allow pride tape. Pride tape is eliminated uh, from any on ice activity throughout this NHL season. So we have titled this point of the episode. Hockey is not for everyone. Um, that was a really big campaign for the NHL uh, media or marketing team was this hockey is for everyone initiative. And I think it's pretty stupid for them to come out with no, like getting rid of the pride jerseys was silly to begin with, especially with all the shit that went on last year. Um, but again, we've, we, we've talked talked about this at length on the show. Uh, we like the intention there. We think that it's a very good thing um, for hockey in general to have. So getting rid of that was really stupid. Um, but the fact that they are getting rid of pride tape as well, like even if it, Guys were just doing it if they wanted to in warm-ups during Pride Month, right? Or or whatever that guys wanted to do. The fact that the NHL is no no longer letting them do that um, is very head-scratching. Very, very stupid. It's incredibly frustrating. And I use that a lot when describing a lot of things that go on in the NHL. Because, it, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is that they unfortunately let... Um, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of generalize here, and I totally understand where people are coming from. But also, like, they let a few assholes ruin the fun for everybody, and that's and that's really it. Is like they let a couple of guys that have some views that I strongly disagree with. And you had mentioned the idea of like of of getting rid of the pride jerseys, and you know what? I can I can under like. 
I disagree with that. And I like I disagree with that idea, but I can at least like get past it and move on. But this idea of like, oh, we're going to eliminate pride tape because it might still be able to expose the people who are not supportive of the initiative. Cause I'm assuming that's probably what it is, is like the NHLPA and a bunch of guys that were like, I don't support this initiative probably came forth and were like, yeah, um, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be known as the guy that doesn't use pride tape because then I'm going to be ostracized for that. And quite frankly, like, at the end of the day, it's 2023. You like it's it, yeah, it's kind of a fucking big deal if you don't support, um, I don't know, a a person that's gay coming to your hockey game. Like it's it's a little fucked up. I I, I, I don't could, think it's I don't think it, I don't think there's any other way around it. I could understand the jerseys because they were getting rid of every special event jersey. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, military appreciation. Fine. Um cancer breast cancer awareness like all of that they were getting rid of jerseys for everything because we joked about it last year on the show that it seemed like the nhl had something every other night where there was it it was like they were washing out actual special initiatives because there was something for fucking everything so when the nhl got rid of jerseys for every special event whatever fine like you get it but yeah i agree with what you said about the tape i think it's really really silly um, but that's probably what it is, is the guys that don't want to have the tape are just like, Hey, please don't expose me and have me get cooked on the internet. Oh, wow. An NHL team being, ca- or an NHL player being cowardly about something. I'm utterly shocked. Um, I don't, I, yeah. Um, I don't really know if we need to say much more about it. It just fucking drives me nuts. Um, not driving me nuts though. Big Gary. Well, actually, he does drive me nuts because he, he was a very big part of this. Uh, big Gary at the Board of Governors meetings uh, stated that the state of the league is very strong. And I can hear that in Gary Bettman's voice. The state of the league is uh, very strong. I know I kind of made him sound like JFK there. Um, and projected that a potential salary cap increase of $4.5 million may be on the horizon. So that'd be nice. Um, wish I could say that the Oilers are getting an additional $4 million, but they probably won't um we'll get into that but that's exciting i'm excited to see the salary cap go up it just means more movement me too pay the players gary you sick prick absolutely um and then uh we'll go over just a couple more things because you get get this one here um i just brought this up because i thought it was kind of interesting is uh paging alexis lafreniere because uh, I saw this tweet the other day that kind of uh, kind of perked up my eyebrows a little bit from Big Head Hockey across the last fifteen games, regular season, playoffs, and preseason, zero goals, one assist, seventeen shots, and a minus five for Alexi Lafreniere. He just signed a two-year deal worth two point three two five million dollars per year, and according to Daily Faceoff, is not even on a power play unit. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, 17 shots, that's, you know, to me is like, oh, that's fine. I mean, well, how many get 15 games? Ugh, actually, never mind. Yeah, it's like one 15 game. games. Yeah, that's 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 horrible, actually. Oh, never mind. Yeah, Rangers, what what are you doing with Alexis, Texas? You got to get him, got to get him, got to get him out of there, man. Um, I think both of those, I think he needs a fresh start. He's got to get out of New York. Agree. And yeah. New York has to sever the ties there. I mean, if they're not going to use him on a power play, then then why? Right. What's a, team he, what's a team you'd like to see him go to just off the top of your head? Besides the I'm Oilers. Lazy is Montreal. Yeah, Montreal would be kind of cool. To put like a, a French hockey playing superstar in Montreal. I'm, I'm using superstar like 
very loosely with him. Um, but I don't know, maybe him and Yurge Slaff gets get swapped back and forth, maybe throw like a third round or something in there just to even it out a little bit because Yurge is younger. I don't know. Oh, oh, you think a a a year a a Yurge plus plus Alexi Lafreniere swap? I wow. think so. I think that would that would be kind of that would be kind of cooking, hey? That'd be interesting. That'd be bold. That'd be bold for Montreal because it's like you're taking like Montreal would be ta- or would be trading the much more raw player because I think like I s- didn't think last year that Yuri Slavkovsky was an NHL player. No, absolutely and at, not. And at least Lafreniere is an NHL player. You can at least say that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Ah, but if I if I was Yurge, I'd be like, I'm not going to, not going to New York. They're bad for young players. <laughs> they make me play bad there. Yeah, Slavkovsky is was such an interesting first overall pick. I just i I still don't understand that pick. I I don't think I ever will, um, because he's so he was so raw, and it's like you have to send him to a team that's like genuinely great at player development. I hate to say this, but like Toronto would have been a perfect team for Yuri Slavkovsky. Carolina, Carolina. I know they never yeah. would have picked that low. Tampa would have been awesome for him. <laughs> basically, a good organization. Yeah, like basically a, a, team a that stable makes organization. The <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Okay. So, I wanted to quickly mention this before we move on. Two signings happen, or actually, we're gonna say three signings because one one that I did want to mention that I I didn't mention in pre show, but I just wanted to bring it up is uh, Rasmus Dahlin signed eight years, eleven million per. $88 million contract for the, with the Buffalo Sabres. Good deal. I think that's going to end up being, like, as the salary cap goes up, I think that's going to be a really good contract for Buffalo. So, can I, happy to see him stay. Um, can I jump in on your signing bandwagon? Because I brought this up in a previous episode. Yes. Um, Zegers and Drysdale re-signed in Anaheim. Yeah, so, that, that was a that big one. Um, I think Zegers signed for, like, 5.75 or something like that. You nailed it, brother. Yeah. So he actually, and that was off the dome. Cause yeah. sometimes I will have the stats in front of me and I'll like fake it that I don't know. And then I look like a hero, but I actually didn't have that one. So like, good oh, for me. He had, oh, he had 63 points in 81 yeah. games. Full, full. Uh, I think it was actually 79. And then he ended up being right, but you have hockey DB open. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, so they both resigned. Good for Anaheim. And, uh, I mean, could be a little good. Could be a, a good long-term deal, longer mid-term deal for Zegris there. He's getting not as much as I thought he would, but kind of probably fair for what he is. And Drysdale's got a good deal too. Like that's, yeah, I think that's a really good, a good deal, deal for Anaheim. Like 2.3 for three years. Um, Yeah. And I mean, dry, I, to be fair though, both of these guys could absolutely take these guys to their could take the ducks to the cleaners in three years. So oh, for for sure. But yeah, like you know how um oh and baby back Billick's gonna love this. You know how Justin Herbert gets called a social media QB. Yeah, Trevor Zegers is a social media centerman. Yeah, but Justin Herbert's like an elite quarterback. <laughs> no, I, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, <laughs> no, I know, I know what, what you mean. Yeah, what, what they mean. say about Justin Herbert to make fun yeah. of him is literally. But Justin Herbert doesn't deserve it. He's a good quarterback. We stand by. Yeah. Um, but what they say about Herbert is what Zegers actually is: the social I media agree. hockey player. He's yeah. not very good at right now in his career, but he's very talented offensively in the NHL just loves to milk him as a cash cow. So we talked about two good signings. 
Would you like to talk about two other signings that took place that are not very nice of, of where these are going to go? God, I absolutely, this is why I just love the sport of hockey. It's idiotic GMs making dumb decisions. And I should also say dumb players making dumb decisions. Valid. Very because valid. Because Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck have re-upped for seven years each with matching contracts to the Winnipeg Jets. Seven years, $8.5 million per. Connor Hellebuck, 30 years old. Mark Shifley, 30 years old. And I said this earlier yesterday, dedication to the mid. Because, oh my God, this team is going to consistently hammer home a couple 44-win seasons, losing the first round of the playoffs, and it's going to be juicy. Um, God, what... I just I don't I don't get this. I don't get this whatsoever. <laughs> I think both are like good hockey players. I think Connor Hellebuck is an elite goaltender in this league right now, but you are re-signing both of these guys for the back halves of their careers to eight and a half million dollars per, which in hindsight, I just said this earlier, may not look like that bad of a deal. But when you're paying a 35 year old uh, or sorry, thirty-four-year-old, eight and a half million dollars, and that thirty-four-year-old was like a like good top-line winger. Basically, what I think the ceiling of Trevor Zegras is is what Mark Scheifele is. Is is that fair? Something like that. Uh, probably. Yeah, I, I, and this might be a hot take. Um, like didn't didn't Scheifele have like forty-two goals last season? Don't get me wrong, Shifley had a good season. I think no, that yeah. I'm I'm saying that like yeah, okay, so ceiling of Zegris is fair. I, I think Shifley's probably a better player than what Zegris will be. Okay. But, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But um I just you, you everybody knows how we feel about Mark Shifley as a player. Yeah, friend um, friend of the show, Mark Shifley. We're yeah. huge fans yeah, of the Yeah, 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 we're boys. Like I I think Mark Shifley is a good player. I do not see him as a like ceiling raiser. I think he is he's the perfect like deadline second line center. He's the perfect like oh um who would have been good. Let's say Vancouver had a good season. He would have been a great Vancouver Canuck at the deadline. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like you have a good number 1 center. And you're looking for something in the bottom end, and maybe you can kind of make things work. But I just, both of these guys, especially Hellebuck too, I don't understand how Hellebuck can do his press conference he had last year where he's like, oh, I'm just sick of, I just want to win. I just want to win a Stanley Cup. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to re-up in Winnipeg for seven years. Uh, Is he now the highest paid goalie in the NHL? He is not. He's actually still quite far behind. Who's the high? Well, he's going to be at what, eight and a half? Uh, yep, and uh, Brzgalov is or sorry, Brzgalov. Oh, Bob I Rosky. forgot about Brzgal. Bob, yeah. Bob, Bob is at ten. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Vassie's Bob. Vassy's at nine point five, I think. Yeah, and then so, Sorokin's at like seven or something. Sorokin, I think, is also eight and a half, but Sorokin's half. also okay. significantly younger, right? Or yeah, like, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. No, I think like I agree with you. Uh, dedication to the mid, but I think that a big part of this, from Winnipeg's perspective, is like wanting to combat the stigma that Winnipeg can't retain quote unquote top talent. Like if Winnipeg was to let these yeah. guys go they're they're basically just playing into the narrative that Winnipeg isn't a desirable place to go play and that nobody actually wants to have roots here. And that like, 
again, being the market that they are very hard for them to attract top talent as if, especially with everything that just happened with Dubois and line a in the past couple of seasons, like they've got to sign top players, quote unquote, to keep them there. And think that does it and maybe that gives them a chance to go after a big fish in free agency maybe that's the optimistic way that you have to look at it from like the from the winnipeg front office but it's i think it's a it's a kneecapper of a move for them in the long run so we'll see how this looks in like you said four or five years i guess the way that i'm just kind of looking at it is like i just don't understand why winnipeg doesn't do what they've they should have been doing for a number of years which is just pull the plug Pull the plug and just sell off assets. You had guys that were pending UFAs that you could have gotten a ton of shit for. You're telling me a team is not willing to put up a first-round pick plus a pretty good prospect for Connor Hellebuck at the deadline? You're willing to tell me somebody's not going to put up like a bunch of really good assets for a 40-goal scorer and Mark Shifley at the deadline? Like, Yeah, he's going to give up a lot at his own end, but like, these are guys that you could move off. And... I just fear that with these moves, Winnipeg is just going to continue to play into the same cycle that they play in for years and years, which is like, yeah, we hope to get, it's like, cool. Anything can happen in the playoffs. We have really good talent. And yes, there's a lot of talent on this team. I'm not taking away from that. It's like Shifley is a good player. Hellebuck is a good player. Kyle Connor is a good player. Nick Ehlers, um, even the guys they just added, like I, like, like Alex, I follow Josh Morrissey is good, but like, there's only so far a roster like this can go. And I just don't understand what their overall plan is. It just feels like you're kind of waiting for different results, but or you're doing the same thing, but expecting different results, you know? Definite, definition of insanity, but yeah. we digress. Yes, we 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 digress. Um, I think that's everything for NHL stuff. I think it is. So it's probably probably time to spank, eh? I think it might be. Yeah. Do you want to take the first team? Uh-oh, it's time for an ad read. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game every game day this October. Maybe you're looking at a game like uh, Saints-Texans this weekend, and maybe you are thinking of uh, maybe taking the spread for the Texans at minus 110. Uh, maybe you are looking at uh, maybe you're looking at like a team prop of like maybe who's gonna have the highest uh, who's gonna have the have the highest lead of the game. There's so many options you can pick from. Uh, so get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is on. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. I would love to, but for those of you who may be joining us late, who may be just jumping back into uh, one for one or getting excited for the season uh, as Oilers fans, what we've been doing here the past couple of weeks is doing a deep dive on every team's offseason from the outside looking in. So what we do is pick a division. We start at the bottom, tell you how they did last year, say who's in, who's out, who the X factor is, uh, breakout player predictions and a bold prediction for that team. Once we get through, starting at the bottom, we go all the way to the tippy top, to the to the stallion of last year in the division, and then we give you a prediction. So, hang back, sit tight, and enjoy the ride because we are kicking things off with quack, 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 the Anaheim Ducks, who were 23, 47, and 12 last year, good for 58 points. <laughs> Someone help, they're choking to death, they're dying in Alex Kalorn. In Radko, good ass. In Robert Hag. In Alex Stalock. In Ilya Lobushkin. Out Kevin Shattenkirk. Out Maxime Comtois. Out Anthony Storlaz. Out Simon <laughs> Benoit. Out Derek Grant. Out Jason Menga. Out John Moore. Out Nathan Bavillier. Out Michael Delzato. Out Ole Erickson. Eck. Lots of players out. Lots of players in, but the merry-go-round of mid stays the same. Um. X factor that I have for this team, Nolan. How many rounds of golf can the boys fit in this year in SoCal? Like, I get that the weather is warm and the chicks have tan lines, but there's no excuse to not be swinging the sticks because they sure as shit will not be focused on playing hockey. They are going to be bad. Yeah, this team is not particularly very good. I... Historically bad last season, and yeah. they brought in Alex Kalorn and Radko Gudas. To be fair, they made probably the biggest addition by the biggest subtraction, which was the got rid of Dallas Eakins. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So they Dallas. In, yeah, they brought in, uh, who's their new coach again? Uh, apparently he's a hard ass, which I don't know how well that works. Uh, what the hell's his name again? I just heard it the other day. His name is Greg Cronin. Greg Cronin. You always got to bring a Greg behind the bench. Oh, yeah, uh, Greg the leg. He was the head coach of the Colorado Eagles from 2018 till 2023. I believe he won a uh, Calder Cup with them. Yeah, I'm they did win a Calder correctly. Cup in that span, I think. No, I don't think they did. I'm just reading. Oh, right shit. Now. <laughs> we suck. Um, Exposed. <laughs> Not fans, not true hockey fans. Not true hockey fans. Just uh, two two frauds with microphones. Yeah, th- th- this team's not. Pretty- you know what though? I think they're going to be fun. I think they'll be fun to watch. Like I yeah, think I will enjoy long- enjoy watching a team that has these players on it. But how long can we say? Ooh, they're going to be fun, or ooh, they're going to be scrappy before it's like. Hey, you guys got to figure it the fuck out because your prospects are getting old. Like Max Comtois being gone, he's still relatively young. Yeah, he's like 24. Oh, by Sam's... the way, we, we forgot to mention Leo Carlson, by the way. In... Yeah, he came in, whatever, who cares? Because yeah. um, they passed <laughs> on Fantilli, which is brutal. But anyway, um, like they lost him and Sam Steele, who are two young guys that they had a fair amount of draft capital and that they just like burned through. 
burned out, burned hard. Like, yeah, is that I because see. is that because they were busts in picking, or is that because they weren't developed properly? Who's to say? I think there's a major conversation to be had about player development in the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. Yeah. So they they gotta hope that they don't burn through through these young guys that they have on this team because. Like for Zegers and Drysdale, we're up for extensions already. And what have they done? Not yeah. a not a well, damn thing with them. So yeah, Drysdale especially is kind of like, what are you exactly? Yeah. Um, you give up a ton at your own end, but you're like pretty crafty with the puck. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at their cap friendly right now, and uh, they got eight million bucks in cap space. <laughs> the longest term contract they have on the books is actually. A tie. Oh, sorry. Troy Terry would actually be the longest. Uh, in in second place, Miles. I'll actually give you a three way tie. Is it Ryan Strom? One of them. Ryan Strom is one of them. Yep, you got it. Uh, can you give me the other two? Mm, probably not. Alex Kalorn and John Gibson. Oh, there you go. John Gibson still has four years left on his deal. That's, uh, you, don't, you don't like to see that for a guy that's very that's very cranky at your organization. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah this uh th- th- this team will not be very good but i think they're gonna be fun oh they also claimed ross johnson today i forgot about that uh the islanders put ross john ross johnson on waivers and the ducks for some reason claimed him why great question i'm glad you asked <laughs> i couldn't tell you um but yeah they are like they're paying Frank Vitrano for three point six million dollars. That's tough. Jakob Selferberg and Adam Henrique are both pending UFAs, so that's good. Oh yay! Um. Anyway, I forgot Adam Henrique was still alive. <laughs> Remember when he was sick on the Devils run? Yeah, I I do. That's and that's why. When was that? Twenty fourteen. Twenty twelve. Yeah, that's a long time ago. That's a that's over a decade ago, man. Obama was the president. Oh my God, times were good. <laughs> um, Bull prediction, Miles, breakout your, player. Your breakout player. Don't have one, don't care. Golf. Mason McTavish. Oh, good one, really original. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> um, your bold prediction. Uh, they don't finish last in the Pacific and Zegers gets a chick pregnant. <laughs> Isn't he dating? Uh, he's dating like Charlie D'Amelio or something like that? Yeah, some TikTok girl. I don't yeah. know. Cool. You said bold prediction, so I took it personal, which is oh. pretty, pretty greasy of me, actually. Yeah. Miles, <laughs> Miles hates uh, Trevor Zegers. That, that no, confirmed. I just, I just hate Bedard. Uh, I'd say John Gibson has finally moved this season. I kind of mentioned that in the Carolina Hurricanes preview, and uh, this team is spunky and uh, is and flirts with a playoff spot until February. Spunky. Also yeah. a term to describe your bed sheets in your mid twenties. Um, sharks, Christ. you want to go ahead? Uh, oh. not coaching no sharks no more. <laughs> not coaching uh, sharks no more. The San Jose Sharks finished twenty two forty four and sixteen for sixty points. Uh, coming into this organization, they were bad and guess what they're gonna be bad coming in anthony duclair giovanni smith kyle burrows ryan carpenter mackenzie blackwood scott sabrin mike hoffman philip zadina mikhail granlin jan ruda justin bailey uh absolute murderer's row of not very good <laughs> going out we got, we got <laughs> 
We got Eric Carlson. <laughs> James Reimer, Aaron Dell, Noah Gregor, Steven Lorenz, and Evgeny Svechnikov. X-Factor. <laughs> Arm the tanks, chaps. We're coming for Celebrini. Because holy shit. Oh my god. Is this is this the most depressing team in the NHL? They might be. The fact that like Mackenzie Blackwood is coming in as like potentially your starting goalie is, is You thought disgusting. your goaltending was bad. You just added Mackenzie Blackwood. Also, is it kind of funny that they got rid of Eric Carlson and brought in Mike Hoffman, like his his bully? It is pretty funny. Like they, that's th- pretty th- those greasy. two those two cannot play in the same room. Like no. those two play yeah. It, and I was just thinking about this with regards to Mackenzie Blackwood, is like the devils are actively looking for a starting goaltender and they let him go. <laughs> oh my oh, god, dude. No. Yeah. yeah, this there's not really much to say. I mean, we never actually really talked about the Eric Carlson trade when we were talking no. about Pittsburgh. Um, I do. The one thing I like that they did here is Jan Ruda. I think that that's a good defenseman, but he's probably knocking on the bad side of, of, of the age curve at this point. They're doing what they should have done a long time ago, which is getting off of assets that they have and getting off of big contracts and just, they brought in a, oh my god, I'm looking at their cap friendly right now. It's kind of fucking funny. Um, there's a lot of red here, and a lot of red being UFA coming up. Um, red, 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 coming, red, 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 so red, red, red. Just this Nick. upcoming season, uh, you've got Kevin LeBanc, Mike Hoffman, and Anthony Duclair, all UFAs. Oh, so Duclair just came in for a one one stop? Uh, well, he was traded by Florida because they were going oh, to was, get off his cap. It hit. was a trade? Yeah. Um. <laughs> But I like the swing they took on someone like Philip Zadina. They've got Fabian Zetterlund, who I think is pretty decent. Uh, Al- oh, yeah, I forgot about Alexander Barabanov. He's also a free agent. Barabanov, like, low-key, a weird, like, he's pretty good. My voice kind of cracked there for a second. Uh, but, like, Barabanov had 47 points in 68 games last season. And that was a guy that Toronto brought in as a russian free agent and then they were like okay peace out a town and um yeah like there's some useful offensive like crafty offensive players here they are going to absolutely miss eric carlson and i'm not saying like they're gonna miss him as in they were a good team and now they're gonna not be so good like as in he was like they were bleeding profusely and he was kind of the the like um there's that meme of like the slapping the fucking tape over top of a hole that's basically yeah. what eric carlson was was that he was yeah, the tape so on top of the hole instead of losing you know six four they're gonna lose six one exactly yeah. so um and it's also just like the pure entertainment value too is mm-hmm. like oh cool i could watch eric carlson but now it's like oh cool i get to watch michael granland and scott sabrin <laughs> it's it's tough for them too where they are right because they're competing for ticket sales with some giants of sports franchises and they're going to be bad. So expecting that the uh, arena there is going to look like it's dressed like a seat night more often than not. I say that now, but Scott Sabrin didn't even make the NHL roster. I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, Breakout player. Who cares? Bold prediction. Don't care. uh, Don't worry, Sharks fans. I'm going to get, I'm going to give you a little bit more on this one. Uh, Breakout player. I have Philip Zadina because I like that bet. I think he's a pretty good player. I wanted the Oilers to get him. But I think he's going to get first-line minutes, 
He's going to get all the opportunity in the world. I like his chances. And my bold prediction is that Michael Granlin actually has a bounce back and has about 60 points this season. I don't think we're done with Michael Granlin just yet. I think he's going to improve his trade value, and then hopefully he can be moving at the deadline with two years left in this deal. So, Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, let's let let's go, Sharks. Um, okay. Let's get the last bottom feeder of the Pacific done with here because they're all aquatic animals at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Vancouver Canucks. Sorry, <laughs> floor pie. 38, 37, and 7, good for 83 points. In Carson Soucy, Pius Suter, Teddy Bluger, Ian Cole, Matt Irwin, Jack Studnicka, Casey DeSmith, Zach Sochenko, and Sam Lafferty. Out, Oliver Ekman Larson, Ethan Bear, Colin D'Elia, Brady Keeper, Justin Dowling, Travis Dermott, and Vitilia Kretzkov. Miles is just the uh, plastic can rings to all of these aquatic animals. Just holding just, them all together, yeah. choking them out, yeah, killing Slicing. them slowly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Great, great, great job, Merles. Um, yeah, Canucks. Maybe fight for a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the Carson Soucy. I like. Yeah, yeah. I like Carson Soucy. Sam Lafferty. I like Pius Suter. Yeah. I don't understand trading a fifth-round pick for Sam Lafferty because they just <laughs> constantly move off of assets for middling veterans, but they're not bad. <laughs> so when Mark Shifley signed that deal, basically just the writing was on the wall, like, you will be a future Canuck. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great. <laughs> Except they're going to trade, like, two firsts and, like, two seconds for him and a <laughs> bunch of prospects. Yeah, Captain Mark Shifley. <laughs> Actually, Captain Quinn Hughes, I don't know if we've recorded since we talked about that, but the most the most depressed looking guy in the NHL is is your captain. Here's your captain, so yeah. good for him. Yeah, it's a real tough beat. And also like I'm sorry, like a five ten defenseman is your captain. Like I know short <laughs> kings unite, but come on. Um Yeah, it's as it, yeah, that's gonna be great when Gary Bettman has to lean down to hand over the Stanley Cup to Quinn Hughes. <laughs> and Gary Bettman not a big guy to begin with either. Yeah. Upbeat for the boys. Um, anyway, anyway, so the Vancouver Canucks, Miles, who's, what, what's your X factor for the, oh, actually, well, I guess I put the X factor, full year Rick Tockett, um, I think that's gonna be really important, I think that they should, they should be better with their head coach instilling all of his systems, yeah, let's, and, let's see what pocket Tockett can do, if he's gonna get the boys fired up or not, it seems like they really like playing for him, and that's really important, yeah. so, um, and, but, anyways, you're saying I don't want to sound like a jerk to the Canucks fans. Like I, I, I think the Canucks are going to be fun to watch. Like if Petter, Pedersen had a bounce back year last year, um, if he can play well again this year, I think that he'll be really fun to watch. Uh, Kuzmenko, good to watch. Who's the other Russian that they have? Uh oh, are you talking like the, like Pod Colson who got sent? Yeah, down? yeah, yeah. So like I don't know. I think Vancouver. Oh no, he, didn't. he actually made the roster. That's no, okay, okay, that's not who I'm thinking of then. There's an, there's another Russian on this team that, that, that I was looking at. Anyway, regardless, um, they got a lot of offensive firepower. I think that like Demko was hurt a lot last year, uh, missed missed a good chunk of time, is still like one of the better top ten, top twelve goalies in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he plays well and they have their top guys producing and some of these guys that they've picked up. Uh, Ilya play McKay well was who you were thinking with, of, by the way. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So I, I think the Canucks have a higher ceiling than a lot of people give them credit for. And if it comes together for them, they they could be a playoff team for sure. Um, breakout player. I don't really know if I have a breakout player, but I just really like Anthony Bavillier. I'm excited for him to be out of the Islanders organization and um, see what he can do in Vancouver. I, I just I just like him as a player, you know? No, I, I yeah. totally get it. And also, he shot a shot with Anna Kendrick. So, I mean, that's that's always a big thing, right? Yeah, we we stand. We stand. Yeah. Um, I've actually got uh, I've actually got a bit of a left field one. Uh, Dakota Joshua was a guy that kind of came on uh, late last year and looked pretty decent. 23 points in 79 games with 11 goals. Uh, he's been kind of a... He came over from St. Louis, and I think he was drafted by Toronto, actually. So... You know, big bottom six forward. I think this is somebody that may have a little bit more offensive upside to him. Who knows? <laughs> um, but I, I, I like. I always like when these like journeyman guys find homes. It's, it's just always really rewarding to see. So, I, I believe in Dakota Joshua. I think he's going to be a good player for them this yeah. season. Not to mention too, his brother was the kid at university who got who was had like some racist comments directed at him last year. If you remember that, that player from the University of Ohio oh, got yeah, yeah. kicked off the team, and that was he was saying some egregious shit to dakota joshua's younger brother so yeah so we that's that i don't know why i brought that up but (laughs) just fuck that fuck that guy and hopefully dakota joshua can uh can make him feel like shit when he's sitting at home watching hockey and seeing dakota joshua put up points and he's like damn yeah i was an idiot 40 goals and then gets signed to a massive contract this offseason by jim rutherford and patrick alvin um Anyways, bold predictions. Bold predictions. I kind of gave mine. Okay. That they're going to flirt with the playoffs? Yeah. Flirty. Fl- fun and flirty. I've uh, I got a bold prediction. It's actually going to kind of follow up what my bold prediction was last year. Because I was kind of right. I was kind of right last year. Do you, do you remember what my bold prediction was last year? No. Was that, I think there's going to be some whispers around one Elias Pedersen. And Miles, my bold prediction is that this is the last year of Elias Pettersson in Vancouver. Why? Pending RFA, it, anytime you see Pettersson talk about his future in Vancouver, it does not sound too nice. Um, and then 32 thoughts actually just dropped. And this is after they dropped this after I actually wrote this down um, during their season previews where... Apparently, there's a bit of a disconnect because Pedersen is not sure whether or not he wants to resign, and now the Canucks are like, we don't know if we want to pursue a contract if he's not fully invested into resigning. Damn. So I think that there's something there, and I personally believe that if the Canucks are smart, well, I mean, I wouldn't move off of Pedersen. I wouldn't move off of like a very talented player like Pedersen if I was a smart NHL team. But they might be looking at this saying like, we just get our hands clean, get a ton of assets back for him, and we just call it a day. But I think him not being named captain was a pretty big thing. Like, it just... That's very true. That that, that actually should should be stated quite clearly because if he was fully invested, I think that that's a better captain fit than Quinn Hughes. 100%. Because then... Yeah, because, damn. Because, I didn't because think about... Gary actually has to hand it up and not down. <laughs> um. Uh, anyways... But yeah, so I although I do agree with you, I think this team is going to be once again pretty spunky, pretty fun. I think they're going to flirt with playoffs. 
Miles, number five. Fifth in the think, division last year. I think this Our is friends, yours. Yes. yes. Our we've got we've got we've we've got some friends that are fans of this team. No, a few a few good listeners of the pod yeah. that uh, yeah. that take in take in watching this team play mediocre hockey every now and again. Yeah. A few good lads, and with all due respect, and I mean all due respect, I do not want to watch this team play hockey this season. And that is the Calgary Flames with a thirty-eight, twenty-seven, and seventeen record for ninety-three points. Coming in, Igor Sharangovich, Jordan Osterley, and Coach Ryan Huska. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They did basically nothing. Uh, going out, Tyler Toffoli, Milan Lucic, Trevor Lewis, Troy Stetcher, Michael Stone, Nick Ritchie, Matthew Phillips, and Daryl Sutter. Uh, this team is basically hoping that whatever stench was left over by Daryl Sutter is eviscerated, that there was an exorcism performed, since we're in the, we're, we're in the spirit of Halloween right now. Um, that there was an exorcism performed, and all of these evil spirits have been have been have been uh, uh, eliminated from the from the Calgary Saddle Dome. And um, well, that's kind of ignoring the fact that the the team is 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 kind of mediocre. Um, I, I I don't think I'm I don't think I'm 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 too I'm too out of line by saying that um, because. At the end of the day, you still have Jonathan Huberdeau for seven more years. At, sorry, eight more years. I forgot the contract starts this season. This year. Oof. At $10.5 million. Nazem Kadri for, I think, six more years. Um, yeah. And even a guy like Blake Coleman, who last time I checked was slated to be on the fourth line, making $4.9 million. That's You, you don't like to see that. And Jacob Markstrom making six for the next three, four years. Oh, yeah, everybody in Calgary wants to throw. And okay, we're not trying to shit down Calgary's throat or tap dance nope, on no, their grave not. or anything we're like not. that. That's not we're what not. we're doing. We're not. I've said this for years on the podcast. Everybody in Calgary, that's Dustin Wolf season. It's time for Dustin Wolf. He's going to be so good. Why did they sign Markstrom for six years when they had Wolf in the pipeline? Stupid move. Dumb move. Don't know why they did it. Six years probably wasn't the bet. Um. Yeah, bad asset management. I, bad flames. Yeah, I, I and Pizza Boy's gone too. We never said that. Oh yeah, we never mentioned that. Now their their new general manager is Craig Conroy. Yeah, NHL which, legend Craig Conroy. Yeah, Craig Conroy, good hockey player, but I don't know how I feel about him as a general manager. I I mean, to be fair, for the lols, I really wanted to see some of the like funnier or sorry, like the funnier names that were going around, like the Peter Shirelli's or like. I don't know, whomever else. Um, it also would have been really funny for like the coach if the coach would have been like Gerard Gallant, but I digress. Uh, I, I I don't mind I don't mind signing Jacob Marsham when you still have Dustin Wolf, but I don't understand how you cannot get off of Dan like Dan Vladar whatsoever. It's like this is the point where Dustin Wolf needs to be given a like a backup position at least in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Because you have to take advantage of that. You have to see what he does at the NHL level. And from what we've seen so far, he's pretty good. Played one game and he was a freak. 
Yeah, exactly. So like, then move off of Daniel Vol- Dan Vladar and freaking get your hot young stud goaltender up, and then maybe he's going to challenge for a starting position, and then maybe you can trade Jacob Markstrom, and then maybe you don't have to have $6 million in the books for a guy that cannot play the puck very well, and then maybe you can win more hockey games. Does that sound logical? I think it does. sounds extremely logical. Um, um, I don't think the Flames are mediocre. I think I think they are a good team. Um, they just played. I think everything that could have gone wrong for them last year went wrong. I think this roster has more talent on it than we give it credit for, and yeah. it's going to come down to was last year a, a flukerdo or is that Huberto? Wow, that is genius. Thank you. Yeah, I I really like that Merles because if he's ass, you got robbed. Did you did you rehearse that in the mirror? No, I actually just came off the dome. I'm wow. I'm I'm really really happy with that. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm beaming. I'm, I'm very very proud of you right now. Um, I, I I do think the story of this season though, and I think I wrote wrote this in the X Factor, is like, well, I wrote this in the X Factor is like H U B E R D E A U Huberdo. Uh, are you? An 80-point player again? Maybe? Is that not exactly what I just said? Sorry. I, <laughs> but I, I was just I was more so saying, are you not an 80-point player? And then I was going to basically go into the story of the season is going to be like, this team either makes the playoffs or they sell off all of their assets at the deadline and we are looking at a complete rebuild in Calgary. I don't think the Flames have the balls to do a full rebuild. But like... You need a new arena. Why don't you close out the last awful years at the Saddle? Why don't you close out the Saddle Dome? Much like most bad teams do. Close out your last years in your bad fucking ugly barn with bad ugly hockey. And then when the new one is ready to be built, you have a much better team, a much more exciting team to christen it, if you will. I I think that's a good idea, but I don't... Calgary... Calgary seems very jetty to me in the sense of what we just talked about as the Jets. I don't think that market would allow their team to be dog shit bad. Yeah, ownership wouldn't let that team be dog shit bad because they want to be a consistent draw. They have have to be a consistent like, what are we kind of draw in Calgary to sell those tickets continuously? So I I just, I don't see them blowing it up. I I don't. Um, I don't think you can blow it up. I don't know what you'd get off of Caudry or Huberto. Um, What's Tanev got left? Tanev's only got one year left. That's why I'm bringing this up. Is like most of their decor, their defensemen, they only have two players signed past next year. Who is it? Asman and Uyghur? Uh Yeah, you got it. Yeah, interesting. And it's like, so you could so- you sell off of Noah Hannafin. You could sell off. I mean, you realize how much shit Chris Tanev would get on the open market? That is like a trade deadline. That's like the perfect trade deadline player. And I know I mentioned that with Mark Shifley earlier, but that is legit. Like that is every general, like hockey general manager's wet dream of a trade deadline acquisition. You, you can't tell me that as an Oilers fan, if I said the Oilers just added uh, Chris Tanev oh, oh, at the I mean, deadline, that yeah. you're not salvating. I'm 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 in the basement right now, but my my erection would probably <laughs> hit 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 the street. Like, you know, the cartoon hobos that smell a pie cooling on a windowsill yeah. and then they just like float on the scent to the pie. Yeah. 
that would be us if Chris Tanev became an Oiler at the deadline. Yeah, it'd be incredible. So, so I agree with you. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a wet dream of a deadline acquisition. Yeah. So sell off of your assets, and let's you know let's let's make things a little bit because you know what Flames fans is you know what you need to do have some friggin' fun and you know what's you know what's funner than winning in the playoffs being really fucking bad and not having expectation hating yourself for the next three years yeah exactly i think we are on to something here miles i think we and i should take over the calgary flames anyways your breakout player for the 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 calgary flames the calgary flames um i don't know if can we can we say can I say Don Dubé for a breakout player? I think they have him slotted in to play on the top line. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna say Don yep. Dubé breaks out. Dylan Dubé possibly being investigated by <laughs> by the OPP or by the London City Police. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna pick Matthew Coronado because Matthew that's probably, Coronado. It's probably really easy, but he looked really good. He changed his number, which was good to see. He was like wearing an uh, was like ugly thirty nine or something like that. Yucky, and I believe he changed to twenty seven. So good number, good to see. Thirty thirty nine is like a bad backup goalie number. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's very yucky. We don't we don't support that on the show. Anyways, Miles, bold prediction. I've got this team is selling at the trade deadline. Bold prediction. Um. Bold prediction, I go to a Flames game this year. In Edmonton? <laughs> no, no, probably not. Just I don't know. In okay. Calgary, I'll go visit Kyle or something. To be fair, I, I did mention that who would want to watch the Calgary Flames? Uh, that would actually, the answer would actually be me because I'm watching a BOA in Edmonton. In <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my bold prediction is that I go, I've never been to the Saddle Dome. My bold prediction is I go to the Saddle Dome this year. Make sure you wear some body armor. Christ. Oh, I I will. I'll get someone's going to fight me. <laughs> I'll wear an Oilers jersey. Bold prediction. I go to the Saddle Dome in an Oilers jersey and the Oilers aren't playing. Oh, that's a like, good one. I go full asshole. It's like it's like flames versus sharks. <laughs> and I'm gonna it's make just a fucking jersey. nightmare. Nightmare scenario. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Merles. Speaking of nightmare, you got some more sea creatures here. <laughs> On Seattle Kraken, 46, 28, and 8. Don't you mean the Seattle points. Oilers? In Davy Jones' locker. Yeah, they are kind of the, 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 the Kraken are to the Oilers what the Oilers are to the Leafs. Yeah. Ooh, very accurate. I like that. I, I, <laughs> trickle, I like, trickle down, trickle, yeah. trickle down player nomics. Yeah. Uh, the Kraken had a hot. Yes, the yeah. Kraken had a hundred points last season. They lost in the second round to Nolan's favorite team, the Dallas Stars. Uh, and to combat that, to get over that hump, they added some stellar players: Alri Yamamoto, Pierre Edward Belmar, Brian Dumoulin, Devin Shore, out. Danny Sprong, Morgan Geeky, Ryan Donato, Carson Soucy, and Martin Jones. Wow. X yeah. Factor. Can you take this one? Because this is your point. And, okay, so uh, I don't know if I totally get it. So my stupid. so my X Factor that I picked was their shooting percentage. So this team shot almost twelve percent. 
team-wide, which the Oilers, the only other team that shot more than the Seattle Kraken was the Edmonton Oilers for like 12.6%. And uh, the Seattle Kraken don't have Connor McDavid on their team. So I, 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 I have a little bit of uh, concerns with regards to the Seattle Kraken's performance in general because I, I just don't think that they're over that they're going to shoot that well. Um, however, though, they generate a lot of chances, and this team is really good. So I, I actually quite enjoy this team. But I think that is an X factor. This team is like, was this team for real or not? So what are you saying? You think they're not for real? You think they're going to regress? I think they're going to regress a little bit, but I think that they're going to mm-hmm. even out in different ways, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, because there's also the the Shane Wright debacle of this yeah. franchise as well, right? Like, um, I can't remember who it was, but they came out with um, their top prospects uh, in the NHL, and that's like guys that are under 21 and haven't mm-hmm. played X amount of games in the NHL or whatever. Um, last year, Shane Wright was number two, and this year he's out of the top 10. So yeah. everybody is like, everybody is just selling Shane Wright assets like to out the freaking moon. And I don't think that that's fair. Um, I, I think that Shane Wright could be something like could come into Seattle because he's still a very good player, he's generational, right? For sure. Um, exceptional yeah. status. So I think that's like you're saying, they can even out in different ways, as I'm just kind of reiterating the same point as what you're making there. Um, do you have a breakout player? Uh, I did. Uh, my breakout player is Eli Tolvanen. So okay. Eli Tolvanen had a really good finish to last season. He came in from as a as a waiver claim from Nashville. Um, once again, paging Ken Holland. I, I I don't I don't get it. Uh, and he, the guy was on like a thirty goal pace or something like that. Um, I don't. I actually forgot to open up cap friendly. While I do that, you tell me who your breakout player is for Seattle. It was Eli Tolvanen, actually. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, I had him as my breakout player in Nashville last year too. Oh, did you? oh, actually, you did because I yeah. looked, I looked through the notes or I I looked through the old notes pretty recently. So. Yeah, I'm uh I'm big I'm a big Eli Tolvanen guy, so I just want to see him break out wherever wherever he is in Seattle. Uh, another thing I like about Seattle is like the um sexual sexualization of Alex Wenberg. Have you seen all that stuff? Oh, the book talk shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's and then Alex Wenberg's wife was like, I'm not very comfortable with this. And then all the fucking weirdos on TikTok were like, How dare you? Yeah. You shut the hell up, bitch. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're just a piece of shit because you were supportive. But it's like, well, maybe you're like kind of sexualizing my husband a little bit. It's yeah, you're fair. like, that nah, dude. That that shit is so crazy. Yeah, and I feel like that. <laughs> I feel like that only happens in Seattle. I mean, it kind of happens a little bit in Edmonton, a little bit in a weird way, but we just don't talk about it enough. No, it's more. It's Seattle. <clears throat> it's only Seattle. <laughs> it's it can only, only happen in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Starbucks and sexualization, just a, a few of the few of those abo- they're just horny. They're just hornier in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, have you listened to a Nirvana album? That's a pretty horny thing. <laughs> uh need an easy friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Miles, my bold Can you prediction. Hear me drinking water? Uh no, I was actually gonna I was gonna take a bite of another kiwi berry and I was gonna see if you could hear it. Uh Miles, my bold prediction for this team: Are you fucking ready for some for some spice? I am, dog. 
Philip Grubauer is back and has a 916 save percentage. <laughs> oh boy, hey. Yeah, that's I'm going for it. The reason being, the reason why I have Philip Grubauer because Miles, I looked at his I, lo- I looked at his his splits from last season. I'm not talking gymnastic splits. I'm not talking this guy is like walking the beam. Ooh, I splits, splits on that dick. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so February was not very good. Uh, three three and one with a, a three point two six GAA, but a point eight eight three save percentage. Not great. March six two and one, point eight seven seven save percentage. Not great, but two point nine three GAA. That's pretty good. And then to finish off April three one and zero, nine forty one save percentage with a one point four zero GAA. So you think that the German German boy is back? I think he might be back. Well, well they better be hoping he's back because they paid him the bag to get him out of uh, Colorado. Colorado. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see that. What's your bold prediction for the Seattle crack? Um, Alex Weinberg starts an OnlyFans. Motherfucker. And it, it it builds a lot of traffic, and yes. then and then they get mad at the people that are paying for the subscription. And then the NHL is like, "Hey, I didn't think we'd ever have to say this, but Alex Wenberg stopped taking dick videos <laughs> in away locker rooms. People are getting way too bricked up." And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> a, a personal request from Gary. And then I was gonna say, and then the list of subscribers comes out. It's Gary Bettman tipping fifteen thousand dollars. Gary Bettman and Bale Daly. Just the boys absolutely yeah. beating it in the back. Anyhow. I, I just realized you got number two, you fucking bastard. Oh shoot, did I? We can share it though. We'll share it. It's yeah. it's simply too much for one for one boy. For, it's too much for one for one. It uh is. okay, number three. Probably my mm, I, I think it is. I think it's my least favorite fan base in the NHL, the LA Kings. 47, 25, and 10 for 104 points. And uh, they lost in the first round to somebody. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that team. Coming in, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Cam Talbot, Trevor Lewis, Andreas Englund, David Riddich, and Joe Hicketts, literally two country artists, um, <laughs> going out. Gabe Velarde, Sean Walker, Cal Peterson, Alex Iafalo, Sean Dersey, Rasmus Kapari, Jonas Corposalo, Alex Edler, Lias Sanders, and holy shit, that's a lot of people. And I'll just get right to this. Uh, the X-Factor of this team is um, Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley. P.U. That is a stinky goaltending tandem. Uh, yeah. Miles, what are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Kings? Um... I look at who came in and I look at who went out and I feel like they shit the bed a little bit in terms of, of how they organize this team. Um, I would rather have Velarde, Iafalo, and Rasmus Kupari than I would rather have Pierre-Luc Dubois. And this is going to be kind of jumping around. I think this is going to, my bold prediction is that this Pierre-Luc Dubois deal looks horrible as it ages. And I think that he just continues to be a midi diaper crybaby even in LA. So he is now on his third team after quitting on two different teams. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, that's great to see. Um, they lost a bunch of guys that really loved being Los Angeles Kings, especially Velarde. And, and fit what that LA Kings team was. Yeah, exactly. They Alex Iafalo is like the perfect king. Exactly. Like they, I don't think that Pierre Luc Dubois is a Los Angeles king. I don't think Trevor Lewis is old AF, right? Yeah. Well, he's a former king. Yeah, like he won cups with the king, so he's yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they got rid of guys that fit the scheme of what they wanted this Kings team to be, and didn't bring in players like that. Um, yeah, going to be a tough year for them. I think you see them uh, regress. I don't have a breakout player. Um, you said you hate their fan base, which is fair because they were pricks last year in the playoffs when oh. they played against an unnamed team. Um, I said so this. I, said I can't this wait to so see them often, burn. Low, low, IQ, low IQ fan base. I know low that IQ. makes me sound re- really mean, but the amount of fucking LA Kings fans I saw on Twitter that were like, "Oh, this series was rigged in favor of the Oilers," it's like, "Shut up! You have no idea what you're talking about." Like, and then remember that? Remember that fucking Gabe Velarde? Like tip the puck down. Yeah, oh that my was God. bullshit. I remember Such where I was when that happened. I was so mad. Yeah, I was like, and I and I kept on having to do the podcast afterwards, being like, "Listen, I know the Oilers didn't lose the game because of that, but still." So I'm really but. happy that's over with, and we don't have to talk about that anymore. So my breakout player is Quentin Byfield. It's kind of nut up or shut up time for him. We're entering his like what fourth year, third year. I think third year as a like as an actual pro, and I think he's playing on the first line with Anze Kopitar, so that's good to see. Is this guy the big second overall pick that you expected him to be, or is he like middle six forward? Yeah, yeah, I think and... that's fair enough. I don't know if he's ever really gotten a shot though, right? So when you say it's put up or shut or shut up time, um, it is for kind of both sides, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because yeah. it's and I was actually I was thinking about this like yesterday. I was just thinking about like the LA Kings prospects in general, which I know that's kind of weird. Just be like driving around thinking about the Los Angeles Kings prospect pool, but like <laughs> that is really weird. I'm remember, like... like remember, like two years ago, everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, the LA Kings have the best prospect pool in the NHL," because it was like, "Oh, Quinton Byfield, Alex Turcott, uh, Brant Clark, Cal uh, Peterson was even Cal still Peter- kind of considered Jarrett Anderson Dolan." Uh, Akil Thomas, all these guys that 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 that, and then it was like, oh, are they going to get on the Jack Eichel sweepstakes? Well, you can't trade them, fucking Alex Turcott or or uh, Quinton Byfield. You you can't trade any of these assets. It's like, well, what are you getting for Alex Turcott? Like a fourth round pick at this point, top five pick. That's pretty yeah. yucky. Yeah. So, my bold prediction for the LA Kings is that the depth hits them and they are significantly well, not significantly, but they are a worse team off. Mm-hmm. So we kind yeah, of I don't think thing. that's too bad of a take, man. I agree with you. All right, you I ready? brought up to Miles saving the best for last, but we both agreed that it was probably the the n- nice natural flow of this is to leave the villain for last. Yes. So I like that. All right, Miles. So, who do we got at two? At two. We have your Edmonton Oilers. Oh, whoa, oh, 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 oh. There you go. 50, 23, and 9 for 109 points. 
ultimately losing in the second round to the Vegas Golden Knights Stanley Cup champions. We will start with the additions and work our way down because, like we said, this is going to be kind of an off-season recap as well as a preseason preview. So biggest one, we've talked about it a number of times, Jeff Jackson, uh, CEO of Hockey Ops and Director of uh, Amateur Scouting is now Rick Pracy. Pracy, yeah. He is replacing uh, the former guy, Tyler Wright, who is Ken Holland's right-hand man in Detroit while they... Added such players like Evgeny Svechnikov and Denis Cholowski. Huge. Real real heavy hitters. <laughs> real heavy hitters. Uh, Nolan, do you want to just run through uh, our edition and everything like that in a <laughs> one-for-one kind of style? I would absolutely love to. The first thing, they made a, they made a big deal uh, pre-draft, and it was to, 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 to trade for somebody that didn't have a contract yet, which they acquired Jaden Groob from the New York from the New York Rangers for a 2023 fifth-round pick, and they signed him to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, played for WHL, in, or played in the WHL for Red Deer last year, 64 games, 18 goals, 49 assists for 67 points. So over point-per-game player, uh, you can do a little bit of reading up on him. Uh, the, I know that Oilers Nation's Bruce Kerlock wrote up a nice little thing for him regarding just the type of player he was. Kind of is a little bit like um, we actually didn't mention because Noah Philp, unfortunately, retired this uh, this offseason. But he's kind of similar to Noah Philp, but I think the ceiling is a hell of a lot higher for him. He's like a really good two-way center with a pretty underrated shot on him. So really, really, really like the idea of taking a swing on a player that has already been producing, it looks like he is getting better and maybe could have a role pretty shortly within the organization. Um, did you want me to grab the next one as well? Or do you want to take the next one? I got it. Okay. A uh, guy we've talked about at length, defenseman Bo Aiki. He was drafted in the second round, 56th overall. Last year, he played for the Barry Colts in the Ontario Hockey League. He played 66 games, 11 goals. Uh, 36 assists for 47 points. Looked really good in the preseason uh, or our prospect series or tournament uh, and just signed his ELC today as we reported. So shout out Bowie. Keep talking about him lots. Next up in the sixth round, the Oilers drafted goaltender Nathaniel Day. Sixth round, 184th overall. Uh, this is just kind of, I think, like a shot in the dark on maybe some, maybe some intangibles, some athleticism. I'm not entirely sure, but with the I believe Flint Firebirds in the OHL this uh, uh, this or last season, he went 17-10-0 with a 3.91 GAA and a .874 save percentage. So really bad numbers, but he got some of those wins, so that's good. But his uh, his <laughs> early numbers this season do not look promising. Yeah. Um, next up, Matt Capone. He was drafted in the seventh round, 216th overall. Came out of the NCAA uh, Merrimack. I do not know their team name. I do not know what division they're in. I did not even know that that was an NCAA hockey school. He had 37 games played, 14 goals, 15 assists, good for 29 points. Yeah. Bottom six guy. We'll see. Um, Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Because the biggest splash the Oilers made this offseason was bringing in from... Hold on. Where's he from? Oh, he's from Toronto. Just outside of Toronto. New market. From Etobicoke, Toronto, Ontario. Right winger, 29-year-old 
Connor Brown has joined the Edmonton Oilers on a one-year $774,000 contract. But that's kind of a lie because with bonuses for playing 10 games, that goes up to $4 million this, this season. So for anybody that is unaware, Connor Brown plays 10 games. He will play 10 games. That extra $3.25 million or whatever will get accrued to next season. So that will already be taken off of next season's cap it. And this is all because last year with the Washington Capitals, this, by the way, was a guy that Miles and I were both clamoring for the Oilers to trade floor until the Washington Capitals swooped in and stole him. And he played four games for them, had no points, and then tore his ACL. Ouchie. And missed the rest of the season. So therefore, the Oilers were able to sign him to this weird like contract, kind of similar to what... Um, uh, what the Capitals did with Max Pacioretty, which is like you can sign these guys to lower amount deals, but then you can bonus laden it. So that's really exciting. As we've seen so far in the preseason, Connor Brown is playing on a line with Evander Kane and uh, this little guy, uh, Connor McDavid. Oh, right. Yeah. He's, yeah. That's, that's a player. Uh, so bottom, or sorry, top six forward. Really excited about him, and a really, I think, going to be a really awesome replacement for uh, the guy they let go. Miles. Next, next up, we. Okay. What? I was going to ask if you had any thoughts on Connor Brown before we no, moved on. That's no, it. Okay. Just ex- excited to see him play. He's going to be back yeah. with uh, Connor McDavid from his Erie Otter days. And um, if you don't know who Connor Brown is, uh, br- bring up his his elite prospects or his hockey DB and, and look at who this guy is. He's He's got a lot of talent and. The fact that he's an oiler should be something that should make you really, really excited if that's the team that you cheer for. Next up, we got Lane Peterson. I signed a two-year, $275,000 contract with the Edmonton Oilers. Guy who played the bulk of last season in up and down with the NHL and the AHL uh, between the Vancouver Canucks and Columbus Blue Jackets organizations. In the NHL, he played 27 games, three goals, three assists, six points. In the AHL, he played 22 games. 17 goals, 7 assists, 24 points. So um, I think we just reported that he got sent back down, right? He's in the yeah. HL. Yeah. Yeah, so that, this was a guy that it was looking like he might be uh, bottom six forward. Um, now it looks like he's going to the HL. So good depth piece uh, for the Oilers to call up and down throughout the year. Think of like better Devin Shore in terms yep. of like a positional fit. Yeah. Um, and like this guy is an AHL stud. So that'll be really nice. Is like he's gonna like when he gets sent down to Bakersfield, he's gonna be really good in Bakersfield, and he'll be probably a nice calming influence in that locker room. So that's good to see. Uh, next up, a guy we haven't seen in a little while, but we it's a, an old familiar face, Drake Kajula, the winger was signed to a two year deal worth seven hundred and seventy five k per year uh, last year with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Played four games. Zero goals, zero assists, zero points. And in the AHL with the Wilkes Barre Scranton Penguins, sixty-five games, twenty-two goals, thirty-one point or thirty-one assists for fifty-three points. Just like a player that is going to produce really well at the AHL level. And once again, you can call up in a pinch if needed. Like this guy has experience playing with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. Anybody that doesn't know. Drake Kajula played for the Oilers for about three seasons and then was mysteriously traded in a deal in which, uh, Miles, do you know who came back in that trade? That was with Chicago, correct? It sure was. What did we get? What, Andreas Anthony CU? No, it was even worse. This is probably the worst trade of the Peter Shirelli era. Oh, no, sorry. that That's not correct. Like, second worst. 
Um, no, I can't remember. Oh, the guy that broke Connor McDavid's collarbone. Brandon oh, I thought Manning. he. Was, I thought we got him from the Flyers. Nope, that was the Chicago Black. He signed as a free agent with Chicago. Oh, okay, because that's yeah. where I remember him from is, is being a flyer. Yeah, he um, was a flyer when he broke Connor McDavid's collarbone, though. Yeah, that's awesome. Shout out fucking Peter yeah. Shirelli. Whatever. Um, Next up, Noel Hoffenmeyer, defenseman. One year, $845,000 contract. Played 65 games at the Toronto Marlies last year where he had 11 goals, 27 assists, and 38 points. Um, AHL defenseman, shout out. Good AHL defenseman. Moves the puck really well. So that's good to see. Uh, speaking of guys that move the puck really well, Ben Gleason, the guy we already discussed, guy that actually kind of took training camp by storm this year, uh, signed a two-year deal worth 775 k per year, and with the Texas Stars in the AHL last season, played 68 games, nine goals, 24 assists for 33 points. This guy looked really good, moved the puck incredibly well, and I think is probably going to be the very first defensive call-up that we see for the Oilers this season. So that's exciting to see. I always like when guys come out of nowhere and then we get a little bit of hope for them. It's 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 always good to see. Hell yeah, and, man. Um, I just figure we'll just knock these out very quickly. Sam Gagne, Adam Ernie, we talked about, came in on PTOs, and we talked about those guys already. So not really yeah. much to say there. For the players that left the organization this offseason, a uh, few notable names here. Uh, Kaleem Costin, first and foremost, uh, and Kyler Yamamoto, who went to, or Kyler Yamamoto, who went to uh, Detroit. A little bit of uh, friendly cap management there done by Kenny to make room uh, to, to bring some new guys on board. Both of them went to Detroit. Kaleem went to Russia, and Kyler went to Seattle. So see you later. Kaleem resigned in Detroit. I thought he didn't go to the KHL. When did he resign? It must have been recent. No, he he resigned like not long after. Oh, cool. Enjoy. Nick Bukestad, <laughs> he went back to the Arizona Coyotes organization. Uh, Tyler Benson finally clipped his wings and flew from the Edmonton organization. And Devin Shore, as we spoke about, landed in Seattle as well. Uh, Bob Nicholson got sent down to the commissary. And Tyler Wright is out of the head of amateur scouting. So moves uh, in the front office as well as in the uh, in the lineup. Yeah, very sad. Uh, sad to see Ben or uh, Bukestad go. I thought that uh, things looked really promising for him staying, but like we said at the Oilers wrap up episode for us, that uh, wasn't worth keeping around keeping him at the dollar amount that he wanted. That we'd rather see him go than get overpaid. So as much as I hate to see it, uh, you'll have to watch him leave. I think if there's one guy I wanted to see stick, I mean, there's there's two guys I kind of wanted to see stick around. Um, I th- I mean, obviously I wanted to see Clem stick because I just thought he was a really good story, and it seemed like the fan base really embraced him, and he kind of provided a lot of those things that people really like in the playoffs, which is like a guy that can hit but then can also score, kind of like kind of like a a not as expensive Zach Cassian, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can't believe I'm saying this, but like. As a strictly two way two way contract guy, I wouldn't mind seeing Devin Shore brought back because, like, I just get brought. I just always get brought back to that video of Connor McDavid coming into the dressing room after scoring the game winning goal against Calgary and seeing Devin Shore like fucking fired up in the dressing room. Like that was sick, and I just i I would have liked to see him stick around just purely for vibes. We've talked about Kyler Yamamoto and. 
it sucks that it didn't work out. It really does. I mean, at the end of the day, guy like like the guy did score twenty goals in the NHL. He scored twenty goals with the team that drafted him, and that's always good to see. But the act was getting tired. It just became either Yamo injured or Yamo cold or something new. It's like it was fucking every week. There was always a new issue with Kyler Yamamoto, and he, I'm happy we, he's going to Seattle. We needed to move on from him so that we yeah. could be freed of the conundrum of where he fits into the lineup and just finally get some uh finally get some consistency yeah a uh, guy that also gary hope. bevan would have to pay, pass the, the like pass the cup down to you're on the short guy bit today like <laughs> thank you the vertically challenged are screaming at you i'm i i, I can say that because i'm vertically challenged so it's okay uh, Nolan, the X factor that I have labeled for the Edmonton Oilers this year, I think is something that uh, anybody who's a fan of this team probably has in the back of their head. I feel like this might be an easy one, but it is the issue of goaltending. Do we get all-star stew and bounce back Campbell or do we get playoff stew and stale soup? Do we get a combination of both? How does it work out and how does the goaltending potential controversy work if both of these guys are playing really really good Um, so it's going to really in my opinion come down to the crease and how these guys play and how that carries into the playoffs because we are going to need these guys to perform if this team is going to be uh, where we think they need to be who do you think is the better goaltender by the end of the season um stewart I think we're in for a Jack Campbell resurgence. Yeah, Janelle was saying that too. Um, there, I think there's there's a big Jack Campbell resurgency squad, and I wouldn't say that I'm betting against him at all. I would love to see Jack Campbell be unreal. He's making too much money $5 to be a backup goalie. Please be good. <laughs> yeah, so if he's gonna, he better. He's got to be the guy. You know what I'm saying? It'd be sick if like Jack Campbell is like 35, 10, and 0, and then. He's like awesome, and then this summer, Kenny Money is like, "Hey, Jack, we found a really nice place for you in Chicago. Enjoy." And then Chicago gives us like a third round pick for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we just have Stuart Skinner and like Olivier Rodrigo. That'd be Olivier sick. Rodrigo. Yeah. Anyways, uh, um, your breakout player, Maros. My breakout player, I'm just fully, fully simp for Ryan McLeod. I think that this will be the year where he breaks out as like a true standalone third line center. Uh, set a career high in points last year, points and goals, I think. So this is a guy that's on the up, but I think he will finally. Oilers fans know how good Ryan McLeod is. Anybody who listens to the show knows how highly we think of Ryan McLeod. And I think that this is the year where he will actually break out and have just a a rocker of a season. I would love it because we need like the the Oilers need a a presence in the bottom six. Like they and I'm not talking some like bullshit physical presence. I'm talking like an actual scoring threat in the bottom six. And that would be so nice to see is like a guy that just fucking pops. Uh, that you'd be like, "Oh, Ryan McLeod just like deked out two guys and just scored." Like that's his biggest thing is he's got all the tools, like he has all of the physical attributes of being a really good NHL player, but he's just got to use it a little bit more. Like, that's the thing. Throw a hit, Ryan. Like, drive to the net. And I swear, good things will happen for you. So, so who's your breakout player? 
might be a little bit of a cheat. Like, might be a little bit of a cheat, but I've got like Connor Brown, and I've got him ascending to like the next level. So going from a like 40, 50 point guy to like a 60 point player. If the NHL wasn't cooked in terms of how they hand out all stars, um, I think that you could comfortably say this team has potentially five all stars on it. Connor, Leon, Evan, Brown, Skinner. Okay. And Boosh. So six. Yeah, and you could probably also say Kane too. Yeah, so like if the NHL, if like we said, forty this season, he's probably yeah. an All Star. Yeah, like if this was the NBA and guys were actually making the All Star games based on, you know, how they're playing in the season, uh, yeah. like it could be the Oilers could be a very very heavy presence, but it won't happen. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Can I get my bold prediction? Yes. Yes, you can. My bold prediction for the Edmonton Oilers, and this is a this is a hot one. I'm talking Pacific Division champions. I'm talking Western Conference champions, and I'm talking Stanley Cup champions. This is it. This is the year. Oilers win it all. Everything. That team photo is going to have a lot of hardware in it. Tis the tis the season. Fa la 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 la. I think my camera might be backwards, so I'm gonna see if this works. This is my bold prediction. Oh, nice! I wrote backwards. Cup it worked. Cup, baby. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I've actually have have we have we both predicted pre like preseason cups? Cup, no cups. I don't think we have. I think it's Never always been. Yet. I think it's always been like after trade deadline. Yeah, which is like you have to like keep it. Yeah, yeah. This is it's an Oilers podcast. Of course, they're going to be homers. No, this is a large amount of news outlets have the Oilers yes. picked as Stanley Cup favorites. Friedman a lot has reputable- Friedman has it. Um, the Athletic by just came out with like they have the Oilers have the best odds to win the Stanley Cup right now. So yeah, this um, is it. This is it. I think this is now. I think this is this team is pissed off. They've lost two heartbreaking series in a row to the inevitable Stanley Cup champions. The leadership core of this team is ready to go. And I think this team is ready to take that next step and to ascend. And once you get Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in that Stanley Cup final, anything can happen. And once it's that close, I don't think either of them are going to let it go. I think this team is ready to do it. And I think we're going to be in for a hell of a fun season. If I'm predicting my Western Conference Championship, and I, I am right now, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be the, the Oilers and the Stars. I agree. And I always, I've said this before too. I think the Oilers play the Stars really well, yeah. And I think that a lot of other teams would have trouble with Dallas, but for some reason, not for some reason, Edmonton matches up really well against them, plays really well against mm-hmm. them, and that will play into the hands of this team. This could come back as a sound and get played for me and make me look like an absolute moron but if i have to call it now it's going to be the stars and the oilers in the in the west conference final and the oilers are going to pump them and then like you said they're going to go into the stanley cup final they're going to taste it they're going to see it they're going to see Batman just 
salivating and once dude you can't tell me that them playing in front of edmonton crowd in a stanley oh. cup final would not be the most like how how could you lose that game you can't it, ch- it chills pure chills the moss pit the moss pit would not be a pit it would be it's gonna be all of downtown edmonton yeah yeah it'll like, be a full saskatchewan saskatchewan and northern alberta might shut down yeah 100 percent um the other thing I wanted to mention too, like it, it's funny you you bring up you bring up a Dallas and Edmonton conference final is like, which is your it, literal wet dream. Can you not? Can you not already see the like? Oh, uh, Jake Ottinger is a Con Smythe front runner. He's been completely unstoppable, and then they play the Oilers, and he just gets fucking shelled for six goals in the first game. Yeah, yeah. I I've said this before too. I Loki think Ottinger is a little bit overrated. Well. Slightly, slightly, yeah. slight in the sense that, like, I think he's a top twelve goalie in the NHL, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's a top five premier workhorse stud goaler. muffin goalie. Yeah. Goaler, yeah. yeah, like a yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you don't think he's a goaler? Um, no. The fuck is a goaler? It's uh, well, because you know, like you know, like a uh, Patrick Wall, you know, goaler, like a like a French, like, you know, French pronunciation of goalie. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I like that. <laughs> That's our That's new funny. thing now. Is you're gonna be like top ten goalies and then top five goal goalers, goalers. Very, very good bit. I'll, I'll Bonjour. Hey, Bonjour. When, when we when we eventually do merch, we should actually have like a goaler T-shirt. That's funny. That's sick, eh? That is sick, eh? Okay, I like no, it. no free ads. Um, anyways. Yeah. Um, I do think one one thing I wanted to mention too with regards to X Factor, uh key to the season, I think they have to and I, I hate that I'm agreeing with spit and chicklets on this, but uh this team needs to get their minutes under control because going into the playoffs, we cannot have Connor McDavid playing twenty three minutes a night. Let's wind it back a little bit. Let's calm it down. Let's try and get Connor and Leon around 2021 20, a night. Just let them do their thing so that when the playoffs start and we need goals, then we can chuck them out there and they'll be all giddy and ready to go. So, horned up. Yes, I would like to see a nice balanced roster. Let's see Dylan Holloway perform a little bit. Let's see Matthias Yanmark a little bit more. Just kidding. Fuck um, off. You yeah. you I do I can't wait for three weeks into the season. And he's got like Matthias Yanmark experiments not working anymore. <laughs> the house is falling apart. That is not how I sound. Be like Raphael Lavoie needs to come up and play top line minutes. Yes, All that's right. probably more likely. Right. Um you want to wrap it up? Oh fuck. I hate that I have to do these guys. Number one, the Vegas Golden Knights, 51-22-9 for 111 points. They um they won the Stanley Cup. They 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 beat our Edmonton Oilers. Uh, but you know what? You know it's good news for the Oilers. Uh, they made a huge addition this offseason, and it was Mason Geertsen. Who's Mason Geertsen? Couldn't tell you. Uh, go ya. yeah, g- going out. Uh, Riley Smith, Laurent Brassois from Alberta or BC, wherever he's from. Port uh, Alberni, BC. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Jonathan Quick uh, from the old folks' home. Phil Kessel, also from said old folks home, and Teddy Bluger. So this team actually lost quite a bit, like especially Riley Smith. That's a huge loss. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's 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 not great. The uh, X factor for this team, I mean, it's pretty simple. Cup hangover. Like, do these do these guys have what it takes to repeat as Stanley Cup champions, 
or is the age going to get to them? Or like, I guess the best way to look at it is like, was this team built for one run, or does they, or do they have more left in them? Because mm-hmm. it feels like they were kind of built for one big run. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, breakout player. Hold on, I have to find my my page where I didn't write cup. Do you have a breakout player, Merles? Um, no. But did you see the rings that the knights got? Those were pretty sick. They they did a very good job. Uh, a lot of really cool symbolism in there as well. Um, like the Vegas skyline looks really cool. Um, the fact that you can take the front of it off and wear it as a pendant just screams Jack Eichel. <laughs> like I could see Jack Eichel at a pool party with his fucking cup ring pendant getting stolen and like him having a meltdown and going full like East Coast D bag. Um, yeah, really cool. Really really cool ring. Uh, they did a very good job. There's one thing about Vegas; they do it right, hundred percent. Like when they party, uh, when they celebrate, they do it. They do it big, dirty. Yeah, uh, my breakout player is Nick Waugh. Uh, I think he's primed for a little bit more power play time. Really good player. Like I love this player. I would love if he. Nick Waugh is what exactly what I hope Ryan McLeod turns into. Big bottom six forward, offensive talent. Like if you could have a guy that's like really good and then other people are like if you put that guy in a top six role on another team he would produce really well that's kind of how i feel about nick wah and that's what i hope for ryan mcleod so i don't know why it just came back to the oilers but i really like nick wah so uh good to see and uh my bold prediction for this team i think logan thompson becomes the starter again and then they're stuck with a really bad contract for aiden hill at the end of the season what the fuck happened? Do you think Robin Leonard ever plays again, or do you think he just gets traded? I think he's like LTIR for life. Yeah, he's done yeah, though. I think so. That's sad. Um, he never really, he never really got to get going. Hey, like every time he ever found momentum with a team, something happened and derailed him. Um, sad. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, I'm such an at... such an exotic snakes kind of day. <laughs> I'm looking at their uh, cap friendly right now, and uh, you know what? I have to give Vegas credit for it. Not a lot of like long term contracts left. Got three more years of Jack Eichel, then you got to re up him. That's gonna be tough. Uh, then you're gonna have one year left to Jonathan Marchessault. One year left. Oh, Chandler Stevenson. Uh, one one for one bingo. Chandler Stevenson. <laughs> William Carrier is gonna get a nice little extension too. I think Michael Amadio is gonna get some nice money. Uh, Amadio. Um, yeah, and then oh, next year you got Shea Theodore, Braden McNabb, uh, Brett Howden. Ooh, he might not be an NHL player next year. Uh, and Keegan Colsar and Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson. So there's a lot of cap flexibility coming up, which is great to see because I like you know Vegas is uh, Vegas is just a gr- great place, great place to play. And Zach Whitecloud, Zach Whitecloud has five years left on this deal at two point seven five million. That's crazy. That's such a good deal. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, that wow. about does it for the Vegas Golden Knights. It does, Nolan, and that means that it is time for our predictions for the Pacific Division. All right. Would you Would you like to follow suit with what we've been doing in the past? I can't make two one-for-one jokes in the same episode, so um, we'll just go back and forth and yeah. uh, start at the bottom, work our way up. That sounds terrific. Uh, in eighth place, do you have the San Jose Sharks? I certainly do. In seventh place, do you have the Anaheim Ducks? I certainly do. In sixth place, do you have the Seattle Kraken? Oh, no, I don't. I have the Calgary Flames. 
in fifth place, do you have the Vancouver Canucks? I do. In fourth place, do you have the Calgary Flames? I know you don't. Los Angeles Kings. Okay. So in third, you have the Kraken. I do have the Kraken in third. I have the Kings in third. Okay. And then I've got the Knights and Oilers. I have the exact same order too. So for me, Oilers, Knights, Kings, Flames, Canucks, Kraken, Ducks, and Sharks. And for Nerland, I've got uh, Oilers, Kings, Seattle, or sorry, Kraken, Kings, Canucks, Flames, Ducks, Sharks. Did you say the Knights? Oh, yeah, I think I said, or I probably said Vegas instead of Knights. Okay. Yeah, Vegas Knights. So, Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm I, maybe I'm criminally low on the Kraken. I just I think that last year might have been a little bit of a, a bender, a little bit of a fluke. We'll see I how just they. Think they're so deep. Like they might be. They might be the deepest team in this division. So deep. Okay, that's enough that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they've they've got they've got like guys like fucking you know, like Jaden Schwartz playing on their like third line. Mm-hmm. Good like, sucks, boy. That's a good player. I just think I think that I think we've been very low on Calgary. I just think and, that. I'm just uh, yeah, go ahead. I love to hear it. I love getting a little bit of the Europeans back. Um, I just I think I've been. I think that the Flames are going to be a lot better than we than they were last year. I think the Canucks are going to be a little bit better than they were last year. And similar to the Central Division when we were talking about the Midling, um, I think that this will be a competition rises to the Topling a little bit more, where those teams could be, um, you know couple three four five points away from one another and uh and that order could be switched up a little bit but i think that they'll all be pretty close and they'll all still be competitive so uh, i think the pacific is going to be the better of the western conferences western conference uh, divisions this year uh miles would you like an update on the uh chicago on on uh, uh connor bedard's debut i already got some texts i i know he has one apple yeah that's good but Dart haters in shambles right now. Yeah, you're right. I, I am a little bit. Um, my, my breakout player Ryan Donato has one goal. That's good yeah. to see. Yeah. On the Bedard assist. Uh yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Um cool, cool beans. So Nolan, we have reached the corrections uh errors and omissions from episode three section. Mm-hmm. Um you know what? Not a lot of errors um thrown our way, more so just a criticism. Um I'm pretty sure whatever NHL soundtrack you and Nolan make would be a fucking war crime. Quote, Pastor Dave. Well, Nolan, I took that personally um, because not everyone wants to listen to Sturgill Simpson and Johnny Cash. So we need to uh, use a little bit of time here to make, I don't know, a 10 to 12 song playlist for NHL 2024 um, if it was up to us. Mm hmm little fun exercise i thought hey uh so the limitations that i gave nolan here was it has to be a song that came out since the last nhl dropped which was like, like september october, of last yeah october yeah. september of last year yeah so somebody's gonna be like um that song actually came out the day 14 hours uh before nhl came out so it doesn't doesn't count so fuck you just be normal and you know what? If if we get positive feedback on this, maybe we'll share a playlist of it. That might have been. And yeah. then when you play Chell, you can plug this in and tell us if you think 
that maybe we're onto something, or maybe you're driving in the car and you want to listen to some new tunes and you throw this on and, and you enjoy it. Or maybe you listen to us go through this and you're like, holy shit, this is bad. And the music that you guys like is bad and you're bad people for liking this music. As I would say, that's not a criticism. Uh, that's just a that's just an opinion. That's just your opinion, man. <laughs> that's just your opinion, dude. Yeah. Um, you want to go back and forth? Yeah, we can do that. Um, I by by the way, I just wanted to mention I did not pick any of the same artists as you, so I tried to cha- I tried to differ it out because you do have a couple songs that I one thousand percent would have picked. Oh, dope! And and you had a couple too. So um, yeah, just make note of that. Perfect. Okay. Cool. Um, Miles, would you like to go first? I will. Uh, first song, Fuck You Mean by Gunna. This is such a Miles. <laughs> it, it is such a me, but it's also like a very popular song and like a little bit of good hip hop. Uh, never hurt anybody. The NHL soundtracks are always missing some hip hop. So I thought that this was just an easy one. And Austin Matthews would absolutely cream for a Gunna song. Uh, the next one I've got is Travis Scott's Modern Jam, which is probably the best track off Utopia. Uh, it's and- the... Like it's a fucking banger. It's so good. And would be a song when I saw that I was like, damn, that's a good pick. Yeah. This I was about that. Song fucking whips. Um, yeah, there's not really much else to say. It it goes so hard. Uh, my next up song is Double XL by Laney, a band that I simp for. This is off their new album. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's just a uh it's just like a fun West Coast pop poppy rock song. It's it's really catchy earwormy hook um good vibes not more than it has to be nice little nice little listen is is laney happier now or is it or is it still sad uh it's (laughs) i like the way that that got proposed it's not uh slit your wrist breakup sad anymore (laughs) it's um like hopefully optimistic but still like sad boy at its core because I was gonna say, like, it, it, I was gonna say, it's like very much like things are going well for you. So it's like it's kind of like aligning, right? It's like things are going well for you. So it's just it, like Laney's going a little bit better. I feel like my arc and Paul Klein's arc is it's very similar. So okay, we're just the same person. And if we ever got to meet, we'd be best friends, and then we'd have a really good time together, and then we'd probably be best friends forever. Anyway, you just probably kiss. Actually, I would love to. uh the next track i have is uh a a band that you hear every week uh the dirty nils uh new album came out called uh free rain free rain to passions the very uh dirty nil title it's just a cool fucking rock song cool rock song rocks really hard and uh yeah they rule and and that that and that's perfect for an nhl soundtrack it's just a rock song that rocks hard exactly yep exactly yep um next up i've got great gatsby by rod wave uh if you listen to rod wave you know kind of what he is he's like very soulful good like singing rap i don't know good song catchy song it's off his new album and it's it's probably one of my favorites on there uh next one i got is jeff rosenstock's future is dumb uh his new album is so good and jeff rosenstock is just one of my favorite artists he just consistently drops heat year after year um if you're looking for like um kind of like a punk sound like a punk but also rock sound um just he's just he's just a genius he's just an absolute genius at what he does and i love him i I love him supremely dope um next song i have is jack by hardy i think that this is just a very nhl rock song because it has like in this album from Hardy, it's like the yeah, the it's the sparrow and the crow and the crow, yeah, mockingbird yeah. and the crow, and this is off yeah. of the crow half where he goes like 
kind of screamo rocky yeah. and i think that this is a, just a very nhl track where the guitar is hard in it and uh in the outro he's like and it's just like i could totally see me creating the worst customized jersey you've ever seen for a saskatchewan based sports team and that song's playing so it just seemed very very chill I have to give Hardy like credit for committing to the bit with the whole Mockingbird and the Crow with like how he designed his album and all that with like the Mockingbird parts are all in like lowercase and then when he goes hard mm-hmm. it's like and the Crow with all is like all capitals and then he does the transition in the actual song. Yeah, I no, will admit and... that song kind of bops. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, next one I've got is Metallica's Luxiturna, which I mean, it's 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 nhl it's 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 a metallica song like this 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 would go hard and this is probably one of my uh one of my favorite songs they've released in a while because it's just like it's everything i want in a metallica song which is fucking thrash give me a thrash song makes me so happy and um yeah i just i just metallica was probably my favorite band growing up not as much now but still absolutely in my top three and uh yeah i I really appreciate this song. Damn, hell yeah. Uh, next up for me, I've got Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Just a fun poppy bop. Oh, yeah. Um, doing really good right now on the internet. Uh, really big on TikTok. And I think that that would just be a good NHL song. Um, catchy hook. And just when you're, you know, playing along, bitch, I said what I said. Just fun. Nice. Um, next one I've got, I think... I I don't know if I can admit this or I don't know if I if I can make this claim might be my song of the year in Olivia Rodrigo's Bad Idea Right uh because that, this song is so fucking good it's not even funny. Yeah, dude, that that was one on your list where I was like, yeah, we need some OR on here. Yeah, she, because, she's a hit-making machine. Yeah, she's like besides Taylor Swift, this I think this is probably the 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 the, the biggest genius in like we've got going in pop music right now um continues to kind of draw from the uh uh from the kind of early like early night or like sorry mid 90s alternative rock sound that you kind of get um she's got like a little bit of like bikini kill to her um a little bit of like whole sort of sound and and on this one she has this weird guitar solo that's kind of reminiscent of something that like jack white would have done which is really cool for a fucking pop song and it's just it's so catchy and she just rocks and her voice is so good and yeah olivia rodrigo is just the best i i love everything about her so uh next up for me world on fire by nate smith good country song got a little bit of a hard beat to it some good guitar um while it is a sad subject matter i think that it he's just really good uh really good vocalist excuse me and would be um like a good good song for the for the for the boys on chill i think that they'd like to hear a little nate smith there yeah uh absolute banger we've got jpeg mafia and danny brown's perfect scaring the hose is one of the best records to come out this year and it fucking hammers and it's everything i would want from these two artists so great to see and i would be remiss if i did not uh if i if i did not put a scaring the hose track on here so that's great uh next up dance the night dua lipa big barbie song big uh so good big big bop not much to say here just throw a popular song on and and let do a cook the 
that like big dance scene in I I, I know you haven't seen Barbie, but the the scene where they actually play the song and they dance to it is so good. Like I want to watch that on a loop at my funeral <laughs> with somebody holding my eyes open like I'm in like a Clockwork Orange. I want the last thing I see to be a Dua Lipa music video. Um, next one I've got Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar's America has a problem. Just, I mean, there's not really much that goes without being said. This is also one of the best songs of the year. Um, not really much of an NHL track song, but it's really good. And so I'm just going to just throw it in there. Uh, next one I got up is thinking about me, Morgan Wallen. It's got like kind of a sexy little guitar riff with some, some beat to it. So I think that this is a nice bridge of, of country boy, but also like a bit of a bull bop tune um for an nhl soundtrack so uh guys on like one of the biggest tours in north america um he's been his album's done crazy and that would just be kind of like my pick from that album for a song that um would fit nice on a soundtrack the hockey boys love them some morgan wall yeah Hockey boys love Morgan Wallen. Yeah. Uh, next one I've got uh, Denzel Curry and Juicy J. Blood on my Nikes. Uh, so good. Uh, banger. Com- just love Denzel. I love me some Juicy J. These guys know how to make a killer fucking banging collab tune. So um, that song rocks. Speaking of a speaking, song that rocks. Speaking of guys who know how to make a banging tune, San Quentin by Nickelback. Oh. Can't be an NHL soundtrack without a little Nickelback, and San Quentin's probably my favorite song off of that album, so uh, might as well. Uh, get down, bro. I take my Nickelback love very seriously, and I'm telling you right now when I say this, San Quentin, and I was talking about this with a buddy of mine who is also another big Nickelback fan, uh, San Quentin is at least, if not better, the best Nickelback single since Bottoms Up. And Bottoms Up is a fucking killer. Like, friggin' the, 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 the hook for Bottoms... The song is literally about drinking booze. Like, that is <laughs> so Nickelback. And that's Around for the map, Bottoms Up. Everything I look for in Nickelback is getting in stripping. shit. Get, stripping, getting in shit, drinking booze. Yes. And that and that's that's ever that's everything I can want yeah. in a Nickelback track. And San Quentin is just excellent. So. The first time I heard San Quentin, I was like, "It's a Nickelback song," and I think that that's like the best compliment you could give it. Is just like, yeah. it's a Nickelback song. It's, it's not trying to best. be." Yeah, yeah, exactly. They stop they nailed it. Stop trying to make these like sad or like the just like Nickelback. Stop trying to cross over. Like you don't need to cross over into country. You don't need to cross over into like mid like like mid pop music. Just like. Do what you do best, which is write fucking heat. Uh, next up, speaking of heat, I've got Earl Sweatshirt, The Alchemist, and Vince Staples on Mancala. This is actually a very, very, very recent addition because this album is really awesome. Uh, this uh, collaboration between Earl Sweatshirt and The Alchemist. Um, it's just it's 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 so good. Uh, Vornir, I think it's I think it's called or yeah, Vordir, Sorry, Vordir. Um Yeah, it's it's really good. Really, really, really thick production on it, and uh, I really like it. So, anyways, cool. um, probably one of my favorite songs of of the year that I could not stop listening to, and I hate myself <laughs> for it. But Boys a Liar Part Two by Ice Spice. Um, if you don't like this song, you're lying. How often uh, do you talk to it? Because it's so good. 
in my heyday. Yeah. Because I went on a bachelor party when the song was like going off. Yeah. And so baby back Billick and I. Yeah. Baby back Billick and I in a pool in Arizona put this put this song to work. <laughs> Take a look inside your heart. Is there any room for me? Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time I talk to my friends about the podcast and they're like, and they're like, oh, so what's Miles like? I say, that boy is a cap. <laughs> that boy is a cap. <laughs> say any home, but I know what he at. Uh, I love I love it. I love that song. It's so good. Uh, next one, I've got uh, Killer Mike LP. So run the jewels and thank you, good sir, on Don't Let the Devil. This is off of Killer Mike's solo solo album, which I'm not huge on, but the fact that they basically got Run the Jewels back and delivered a straight, straight fire single is exactly what I want. And uh, I don't know, like a Run the Jewels track would kind of work on an NHL soundtrack. It might be a little too little too weird of an addition but like it just it, it like it goes so hard super accessible so uh i think that would i, I think that would fit really nicely i think the average white would be scared by some of the songs that you have on here maybe possibly <laughs> trevor zegris uh, is shaking in his boots literally pissing his his <laughs> boots are full of piss um i have cupid twin version by 50 50 just another absolute stinger of a song um, off of off of the TikTok playlist, it's it's great. It's it's a very catchy song. Like, I, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's apple juice. You can't not like it. It's, it's good. And for my uh, for my indie loser shit, uh, King Cruel's Pink Shell, really good track. It's a really good album. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I threw this on because the album just came out this weekend. Um. Or I guess Friday, uh, first person shooter Drake featuring J Cole off uh, Drake's new album because uh, you know the Toronto Tings are gonna have to have a Drake song on here else they're gonna get mad, eh? Yeah, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not participating in that. <laughs> yeah, eh? Uh, and you know what? For five, I was gonna do one more song, but I I I just wrote this and I just wanted to mention it is such a disappointment that Avenged Sevenfold released a new album and it's such dog shit that I cannot even ironically pick something from this. I can't even pick something that is so fucking goofy, but would work in an NHL soundtrack because it's literally Avenged Sevenfold and literally most Avenged Sevenfold songs work on a work on an NHL soundtrack. But this thing is so bad that it doesn't even qualify. And so that makes me really upset. That is a that's a swift kick to the nuts because yeah. uh, if there's one thing that our childhood NHL soundtracks had, it was Avenged Sevenfold. A little, little backcountry. Back yep. Can't uh, you help me? As I'm starting to move. Didn't they have um, almost they easy? I think, one. I think almost easy was one of them too. Yeah. Um, there's one that I'm thinking of, and I was it was in my head before you started singing, and now all I can think about is almost Be- easy. Beast in the Harlot. I think that was on there too. There was lots of or like lots of Avenged Sevenfold, man, and, and, and as it should be because it was uh, it was a staple on a lot of soundtracks. So I'm pick it up, googling it. Pick it up, Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, Afterlife uh, was in NHL yes. 09. I yeah. don't belong here. here we, we gotta, gotta move, move on here. here. Good song. Yeah, that rocks. Um, I like our afterlife. I like there. looking at our lists because it's like mine is like PG thirteen and yours is like dark web explicit. Yeah, dark web. 
Um, so check them out, listen to the song, see if you like it. And uh, I know I always really appreciate getting music suggestions. So maybe there's some people out there that are going to check out one of these albums that they haven't heard and like look at it and be like, oh, damn, like this person is really good or this you know, this is, this is a good sound. I'm glad I, I checked it out. So hopefully there was, hopefully there was something in it for you, or hopefully you just liked a little bit of banter to close out the episode, because unfortunately I think we are at that time. Unfortunately, fortunately, cause this has been a monster of an episode. Um, we are done the Pacific preview. We are moving on to the NHL season. There are three games on right now to open the season. Um, we've got, uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh playing, um, Hawks are actually up right now. Uh, looks like they're going to take this one. Wow. The Lightning disposed of the Predators, which started at just a horrendous time. I think it started at like 3 o'clock my time, which is nasty. And uh, the Kraken and the Golden Knights, uh, they're going to be starting up right away. A game that doesn't look like, based on my app, has started. Uh, and it was scheduled to start at 8.30. That's 20 minutes late. So uh, good to see it. Love good to see, see it. the NHL is doing NHL shit and starting games on time. God, I, I hate this league so much sometimes. So, Nolan, we have our season opener for the Edmonton Oilers because now, you know how George Costanza shifts into suit mode? Mm-hmm. One for one is now shifting into Oilers mode. We've done a lot of NHL talk the last four weeks, but now we're getting back to a lot of Oilers-centric Get ready uh, for minute talk about fucking fourth liners, baby. <laughs> and not to scare anybody away because we are still going to have our NHL shit section we're gonna be talking about a lot of other teams but um it's gonna be a couple of oilers homers doing a couple of oilers homers things oh, yeah. so speaking of homers we've got the oilers on wednesday october 11th in vancouver and then they've got the barn burster saturday october 14th hosting those same oh, vancouver canucks gonna be in electric Edmonton. factory oh gonna be an baby electric factory so Nolan, i get to ask you What's your prediction for next week? How do they start the season? We're coming in hot, 2-0. and 2-0. and oh, Glad to see yeah. we we're on the same page. Uh, you were in a jersey watch first game of the year? I think I got to. Uh, what am I going to go with tomorrow night? I think I'm going to go with... I think I'm going to go with Royal Blue Connor. Go back to what I'm going to go with Royal Blue Connor as well. So, okay, cool. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Good. Because yeah. then we can get Royal Blue out of the way. If the Oilers lose, Royal Blue goes to the back of the closet. Cursed. Burn it. So. Burn it to ash. <laughs> Uh, Nolan, is there anything else you'd like to say, or are we good to wrap up this sucker? I don't think so. I think I'm just really excited to get the season going, and um, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, we are very excited for this weather season to begin. You can tell uh, by listening to this episode just how big we are on this team. Um, cannot wait for things to get going. Cannot wait to have you along with us every step of the way. Really looking forward to seeing how the season unfolds. It is going to be a beautiful year of hockey and a beautiful year to be an Oilers fan. Thank you for tuning in to the One for One podcast, season four, episode four, Pacific Division preview. And as always, go Oilers, go. Go Oilers.